0: Humankind has always tried to capture what we see, to save it for posterity or remembrance. Thousands of years ago, when we were still cavemen with limited access to cameras or computers, we tried to capture the beauty of, let's say, a mammoth or a horse by making cave paintings, to remember how they look, or to have something that could entertain your caveman family on Friday evenings. Later, we evolved. And started using better colors and proper pencils to create more advanced 2D pictures of objects or animals we admire. Or using a hammer chisel and huge marble slabs to capture them in 3D as sculptures. And we became better and better at imitating life. Have you seen the way Italian geniuses like Bernini managed to capture the illusion of thin veils or cloth in his marble sculptures in the 1600s? It's fascinating. But all these methods were limited since they only could capture a still object. Bernini's marble statues couldn't move. They just stood there, as statues tend to do. But then came the camera and the moving pictures. People like Edward Mybridge, with his photos of a running horse and other pioneers of cinema history changed everything. Now we could capture the beauty of a moving object, a running horse for example, but it was still in 2D and remained so until we invented that amazing thing called the computer. Now finally we could capture moving living objects in 3D, recreating them as digital assets. This part of the film industry has grown rapidly in the last decades 3D scanning, motion capture and performance capture are nowadays cornerstones of that great creation we call the VFX industry. In Stockholm, Sweden in a brand new building not far from the city center there is such a studio. A studio that offers 3D scanning and performance capture and I thought it could be interesting to take a closer look at these fascinating techniques. So today, the yellow brick road leads to the Goodbye Kansas Studios Capture Department. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Yellow Brick Road, a podcast about movies, games, and visual effects. I'm Niels Lagerin, and today I'm very happy to welcome a special guest, Chris Yestico, who's heading up productions for the capture department at Goodbye, Kansas Studios. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So nice to have you here. And before we dive into the world of capture and scanning, l- let's focus on you. Uh, you. You've been working on our lovely industry for many years now. Uh, so how did it all start? What w- was the childhood moment where you understood that, yes, this is what I want to do?
1: Yeah, childhood moment. Um I guess as a young uh, man, I was always very encapsulated by uh, George Lucas's Star Wars. I think that was a very uh, keen entry point for me, just seeing what this world building was about and getting completely, uh, you know, Immersed in this this world he created um so I think uh, I was always quite interested in the film world and the language of cinematography, but actually it was music was my initial uh passion but um through studying of film, you know I really thought this was where I wanted to
0: to end up i guess mm. but but when you started to study, it was music that you started.
1: Yeah, I did a music technology and film production course, um, mainly for the equipment and technology the university had. Um, but uh, but yeah, I ended leaning much more into film and cinema, you know, through that. So that was good. So w- what was your
0: first job in the industry? Uh,
1: well, uh, after failing working as a <laughs> session musician in London and music, um, I worked at a company called Nutmeg Productions, where I was a cameraman, cinematographer, coordinator everything you know it's quite a small company doing commercial projects and then shortly thereafter I got a job at MPC uh, moving picture company in London working as a coordinator Um, and very quickly became a production manager there because there was no production manager in the particular department that I was coordinating in so that was fortunate but um, but yeah that was where it started off. You've been working at many of the great studios over the years.
0: Uh, What what projects have you been working on?
1: Yes, the last 15 years has been a few different facilities. Um, I started off with MPC and and Clash of the Titans uh, was was done there. And I did the last couple of Harry Potter movies. Um, I did... Prometheus, which was the first chance to get into stereoscopic movies, and, and we won some awards for I think Life of Pi whilst I was there, and but then at DNEG uh, was able to work on Ex Machina, which also was a really personal favourite of mine, and um, yeah, there's been a lot of movies, Skyfall, a few of the James Bonds. Certainly in the last five years, Star Wars was a particular highlight for me. Uh, you know, to work on something that had got me into the industry.
0: Your skills are complete. And still a childhood dream that came Mm. true. On the projects on your CV, uh, I find Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Tell us about that production.
1: Yeah, that was super interesting, actually. I was working for a commercial company called Passion Pictures um, and just got this opportunity through actually a coordinator of mine that had asked if I might be free to help out on the client side. Um, So I went in to interview, not knowing too much about the project, um, and found out it was Ready Player One, and I was a massive fan of the book, actually. Mm -hmm. I read the book and I would loved it. Um, And yes, I got this job and had the opportunity to work alongside Steven Spielberg for the shoot period, which is in London at uh, Leavesden Studios. Uh, managing his virtual camera temp. So every day, first thing in the morning, Steven Spielberg's assistant would text me and say, he's coming! Um, and <laughs> we'd all prepare and be ready. And he'd come in and say, Chris, what am I doing today? And I'd be like, oh, well, Steven, I'm not too sure exactly <laughs> what you should be doing today. But for now, let's lens these cameras. And we he was shooting in a motion capture volume uh, in Leavesden and then immediately coming into our nicer, smaller, more... Uh, Uh, exclusive tent to to lens every single shot on the film uh, digitally which was a fantastic experience to watch him as a master filmmaker actually lens this whole movie himself uh, using a virtual camera um, in virtual sets um, and also leveraging virtual reality to 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 scout these environments as well it was a great learning experience there's
0: nowhere left to go nowhere except the oasis A whole virtual universe. It's a very rich film with all these like The Shining sets uh, and just trying to find and spot all these characters everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's amazing actually the fluidity that he brings to a film set in that it wasn't even going to be The Shining, you know, until yeah. an idea he popped into his head as we were making it, you know, to see those things evolve when you're quite used to a traditional visual effects pipeline that takes eons. yeah, um, It was very interesting to be a part of that.
0: People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. Can you feel this? Um, yeah. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. And so for many years, you worked with virtual productions. Yeah. What, what is virtual production?
1: That's a great question. I think I would define virtual production as the blend of traditional filmmaking processes with a uh, contemporary digital design and technology approach. Mm. So really trying to iterate on technology in a way that is conducive to the way filmmakers want to work. Um Giving them a platform to see something that traditionally would just be against a green screen or after months of post work upfront um, mm-hmm. uh, to work in a conceptual space is hard to define unless you 're like a visual effects artist or a supervisor yeah. so it 's really kind of putting the power back into the creative storyteller 's hands in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's uh, being able to pre-visualize an environment, an element, a scene, or to digitize emotion, a motion, uh, a asset or, you know, a, a thing, so that it can be present in this digital world. I think that's a pretty broad answer. But a good description, I think.
0: Uh, in the middle of the pandemic, you moved to Stockholm to start at good Answer Studios. May I ask how that came about?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, Brexit was a bit of a key component of that. We, my partner and I, she's German, we wanted to 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 find somewhere new outside of the UK and had been looking for a while. Um and Stockholm and Sweden itself just looked like the perfect fit for our values and what we wanted. Um and Goodbye Kansas seemed like a really great opportunity to explore that. Um and you know, the quality of work here has been fantastic and you know, it's wonderful to see how dynamic they have been with projects and and also, I'm a big gamer, so getting into the games world of things after 15 years in visual effects was uh,
0: was a very keen interest of mine. So. Yeah. Uh, how has Stockholm treated you so far?
1: Yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, uh, it took a while to get the persona number and the ID <laughs> card sorted, but uh, get our daughter into nursery. But uh, yeah, it's been wonderful to explore the city and to, to only, on the fringes of the city, you know, be able to be in this beautiful, idyllic countryside, you know. Um, so it's been uh, it's been great so far. And we're looking forward to kind of traveling a bit more throughout Sweden to see a bit more, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't want to scare you, but now winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sounds very Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But winter is coming. We know what's coming with it. We can't face it alone.
1: We'll see how cold it gets. The weather in London's pretty bad as well, to be honest. I think we might be used to it, but we'll see.
0: So now you're you're at the capture department at Goodbye Kansas headquarters in Stockholm. I mean, kind of like the spider at the center of the web, one could say. And and whenever I get visitors at HQ, that part of the Goodbye Kansas building is always on top of everyone's must-see list. Uh, it's it's a purpose-built entire floor filled with amazing technology. Uh, how how would you describe that floor? what, what is there? What what does Good Goodbye Cancers offer?
1: Um yeah, it's a great facility. It's much better than most of the uh places I've seen previously, which usually end up being a dirty industrial estate with a motion capture volume. Um so yeah, it's got uh, makeup rooms, it's got uh, the main capture volume, uh, there's a, a separate uh, studio too that we're looking to build out and flesh out the technology in that mm-hmm. space. There's a photo studio and, and and of course a scanning room. So uh, with the kitchen down there and the meeting room, it's a really great place to bring clients to. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a really friendly and warm environment to show clients around actually. It's a great
0: facility to have. So, so let's start with the scanners. Um, from what I understand, the first of them, the head scanner, was originally constructed uh, in collaboration with the Royal Institute of Technology. A journalist that I showed this scanner to referred to it as "machine that creates copies of people." <laughs> but, but but how does it work? Well, we should have named it that, I think. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's
1: it's a fairly simple technology and photogrammetry where it's just taking lots of photographs at exactly the same moment to triangulate the position um, of a thing, a person, an object, um, and stitch it together to generate um, a 3D mesh of it. So using uh, photos from different angles to triangulate position effectively Mm. is what photogrammetry is. Um, And the trick is to engineer a system where all of those photos can be taken at the same moment in time. in in my past, I've worked on various systems that have been video based, for example. Um, but this is certainly a nice uh, photo based system. Yeah.
0: So so it's like a, a globe, you could say, a, a rig with, with lots of cameras in.
1: Yeah, the rig itself uh, is a 200 camera strong uh, DSLR rig. It's it's in a kind of big dome uh, shape with uh, LED lighting strips to illuminate the the. Um, the character or the person um and yeah it's it's a, a complete 360 design i guess to to mm-hmm. to ga- to gather information from all angles of the of the actor but i mean for a for a more detailed breakdown uh you know dave Connolly, who heads up the department and roger who has helped uh develop it you know great people to touch base with as well if you want to dig into any of the technology on that scanning volume they would be sure i'm sure they'd be happy to talk about it more yeah
0: What kind of clients use these services, the scanning?
1: Well, in my experience, um, any character that we want to digitize, any actor that we want to replicate uh, in uh, 3D, we'll use a scanning rig like this to facilitate that. Um, But the possibilities are quite endless, you know, if we need to get a digital version of any asset um any uh, element that can fit in the scanner uh, there's there's a way to do it whether it's with one of our handheld scanners or whether it's in the dome uh system um dave and the team will find a
0: way to digitize them so you have handheld scanners as well
1: yeah so for location shoots um, for various different things it can be easier actually to have a handheld scanner rather than put it into this dome configuration hmm. um We also can do scanning out on location using traditional photogrammetry practices with just a handheld camera and taking lots of photographs. So there's a lot of different ways to solve the problem.
0: Um, And uh, there's a great team of
1: problem solvers.
0: And the face scanner, the dome, uh, that's one of them. But then there's also one full body scanner. Yeah. But that's basically the same technique. But larger. Uh,
1: essentially, yes. Um, There's a slightly different uh lighting uh setup for, for both. Um but yes, the principles are the same. Hmm. One for one very much focuses on the face, one is a complete body.
0: Now, yeah. The most impressive part of the Goodbye Kansas building is obviously the actual performance capture studio. Uh, the big stage. Uh, now, this is a podcast, it's not television, so we can't show our listeners how it looks. But, but how would you describe it and, and what technology can we find in there?
1: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it's a great uh, space. There's a, a grid on the floor. Um, it's kept perfectly clean at all times and displays a goodbye Kansas logo, which is great to see <laughs> from above. We actually have a viewing room, which has got the theme of um, the shining in it. It's called the Outlook ah. or the Overlook, actually. Ah, it's called the Overlook, um, and it's a great space uh, for uh, clients to, to on to, to have a look at what's going on in that space. Um, but the room itself is the capture volume is about fourteen meters by twelve meters and about six and a half meters high, and it's surrounded by uh, cameras. We've got a couple of camera systems in there at the moment. One is a uh, hundred-strong uh, Qualisys camera system. Oh. Um, which is our new uh, camera system, that's hardware that we are adapting to. And the previous uh, hardware uh, is a motion analysis system, uh, which we're also using to capture. So a lot of cameras in there, and we use Blackmagic uh, cameras as reference cameras on the floor to uh, be the video feed. Hmm. Um, And then there's a whole host of computers and screens around the brain bar or the brain truss, where all the operators sit. So there's a kind of raised platform where you can see the action take place on the floor. And then just off to the side is uh, a space where all our props are kept. So we have a props team that put together a lot of the real uh, life props that will be a part of configuring the stage for a virtual production shoot or a mocap shoot. Mm.
0: So those props are like these classic motion capture suits. It's like things with small dots on them.
1: Yeah, so we have these, it's an optical based tracking system. So these are reflective markers, essentially, Mm. uh, that we place on people in these Lycra suits, uh, which need to be fitted very tightly. Um, And uh, the cameras will use uh, IR lights to triangulate the position of each of these dots. So when we know where that marker is on the human body, we can triangulate it where it is in 3D space in the volume, and thus we create a motion via a skeleton of their performance. Mm. And similarly, when we build a prop, whether it be a tank in their game environment, that we want to build a tank in the real world, um, we need it to be scaled similarly and and located in that volume space so that the actors can interact with it, so that yeah. they know how to work the environment and perform correctly. Mm. And it kind of leads into what we mentioned earlier about the fidelity of virtual production and giving that real-time feedback to the actors and to the directors to understand this environment in which they're performing to improve that performance. Um, mm. Because otherwise, it can be quite a dry environment, you know, uh, yeah. with just <laughs> without that visualization. So the more we... Leverage, you know, things like our virtual camera and uh, the the feedback that we're able to provide of the assets in the space. The better performances we get, the the more storytelling uh, is enabled, um, and uh, ultimately the the final product will reflect that.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, some of these props uh, I've seen them, of course. Uh, are, if we're talking like guns, for example, that they are like proper guns to have that right the right weight exactly and yeah and everything
1: yeah entirely yeah so we'll get the specifications the, the, the shape the size the weight as accurate as can be so that when the performer is using them it's as they would a, a real life uh gun or sort um we obviously have soft versions of it as well for stunt mm-hmm. performances stunt performance is a big element of what we do Um, And uh, we've got lots of uh, stunt rigging and stunt cages and uh, platforms to use to try to capture some of these uh, stunt moments as well, which is, uh, especially with the line of work that we do, really important.
0: Yeah. speaking of stunts, you have a stunt truss, uh, so you can do like wire stunts and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's right. We we work with a stunt team. Uh we have a series of connections of industry people we've worked with in the past that can come in and perform or help coordinate more tricky performance aspects. Um so the stunt rig enables us to do wire work. We've got flying rigs to emulate that kind of motion. Mm. Uh you know, anything from trampolines to to moving stages
0: uh dynamically. Um anything is possible in this space. Uh, yeah speaking of, of of the props and that that they must feel right for the actors uh i've heard that there's also different kind of shoes depending on what kind of character <laughs> Isn't that you're playing
1: yes totally the the footwear is super important the anatomy of a human how they walk um is extremely important for us to capture as perfectly as we can and the difference between uh, high heels or uh, army boots is considerable to mm. the way, the motion that you perform. So, so yeah, we want to make sure down to the every detail we're getting it spot on, even to the weight of the clothing that they're wearing. You know, we want to make sure it's uh, as accurate as can be so that the rest of the pipeline have a, an easier job at processing the work. Hmm. Uh,
0: you've worked a lot with virtual production for years. Uh, is this something that Goodbye cancers provides as well?
1: I think it's something that Google Cantus is already providing in my uh, understanding of the the word virtual production, mm. uh, but absolutely there are more service offering uh, for us to explore. Um, when I left Industrial Light and Magic, we were setting up uh, real-time LED volumes for shows like The Mandalorian and The Batman, and we were deploying un- um, these huge LED walls on uh, feature film stages, um, which involved the use of... Uh, some clever technology to interpret the footage but also a lot of motion capture technology to triangulate the position of the camera so and that's that's this new evolution of virtual production but it's been around for a long time and it's it will be here to stay in the industry as a way to pre-visualize elements um, as a way to scout environments for directors um, and as a way for The visual effects world and digital communities to communicate with the cinema world, I Mm, think, Um, is a really great way of being able to cross pollinate ideas and collaborate creatively with other faculties of this medium that aren't otherwise as exposed to what we do in our line of work. Yeah. So how does a normal week look for you? Do we ever have normal weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Lots of meetings for me, you know, trying to, I mean, at the moment I've only been here for a few months, so still Mm -hmm. making sure I'm getting to know everyone and how things work. And I'm part of the central operations team. So trying to figure out planning and the future prospects of the facility is a key element for me personally. But I'm also really actively wanting to be on the floor and help out with the crew and listen in to all their needs and, and figure out how to make it a more efficient and a, a better working pipeline and workflow. Um, I think the key right now is how to take this wonderful mocap team from this church in Uppsala and uh, integrate them better to what GBK's service offering is. And mm-hmm. as we continue to define the projects that we're going for, you know, that flow is gonna get better and better. Um, so I wanna be a big part of improving that process. Yeah.
0: How, how big is the team?
1: So the team at the moment is uh, 10 strong with a couple of people contracting, um, but we do expand and contract as shoots are booked in. Um, we have a host of external crew that do sound operation or can come in to, to DOP a particular shoot or AD, mm. um, but we also work with makeup artists and actors and that we're helping to bring into the fold. So... Um, it's a bit of a dynamic group,
0: but uh, a very stable and hardworking base. Yeah. So, uh, at a big shoot, for example, uh, an advanced big game cinematic, yeah, on a shoot day, how, how many people are involved then, including actors? And,
1: uh... Right. Yeah. Well, it can be quite a few. I mean, uh, especially if the client wants to to bring people to the set. Um, but. There's two answers to this. One, in COVID times, we've been quite sparse and the team have got extremely good at operating via remote direction and with video links. And we've got microphones in the stage that make it really easy to communicate. They've done a great job at working through this pandemic, you know, with a minimal footprint on set. As it opens back up, um, yeah, the numbers can pile in, you know, when you have stunt coordinators and production people, the clients there, director, director of photography, um, you know, animation director, layout team, the brain bar team, which is an operator, uh, you know, supervisor, real-time operator, audio operator. So depending on the scope of it, um, the numbers can rise considerably. And then it becomes a case of really managing the floor and Mm. understanding what we're doing each day. But on smaller shoots, the team can be super agile. And, you know, actually, depending on the scope, we can operate very slim and and Cost efficiently, you know, to get what needs to be done done. So it all depends on the scope and the, the the length and breadth of the project. Yeah.
0: What What would you say is most rewarding about working with these things? Well, I f- I find the most rewarding thing
1: uh, finding solutions with the people with the team. You know, when you really combine. I mean, Sam, who heads up the the mocap department, is a joy to work with, and everyone on the team, uh, you know, have a wonderful attitude to. F- solving problems um hmm. and quite regularly when you are on a shoot you're faced with a conundrum that you need to figure out or uh you know you, you get a lot of joy from the going through the motions of finding the right approach i i, I get a lot of satisfaction from seeing the creative process as well hmm. the realization in that moment of what this will be and 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 feeling closer to the creative part of the process than uh, I have done before in my f- career, you know, being embedded in very deep post-production work for monolithic uh, movies where we've been slightly out of touch, I believe, with mm. the creative process. So my, I spent my career really f- trying to focus back more on the front end uh, and and to be a part of those initial discussions, which I enjoy. Mm.
0: If any of our listeners are dreaming about a career in VFX focusing on motion capture or, or scanning or, or virtual productions, well, what's your advice on how to pursue such a career? Well,
1: I think the avenues for it now are a lot better than it was for me You know, when I was in education uh, in early 2000s. And one real advice I would give is uh, there's a lot of great free material out there. You know, YouTube's a wonderful asset for seeing people building their own virtual production studios in their home and Mm. unreal particularly and epic have a lot of resources to 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 look at online Um, and a lot of reading that can be done and i certainly feel that practical experience somewhat trumps uh the academic background Mm. not that that you shouldn't have that it's just being a part of filmmaking, being a filmmaker yourself—you know, getting out there and trying things—will uh, be your education, and yeah. that'll be a lot more appealing to employers trying to bring you into their uh, spheres. Um, so, I certainly would recommend giving it a go first um, yeah. and, and get your out there. foot into the door.
0: So yeah, yeah. By the way, have you yourself ever been scanned or mocap? um I've, I've definitely had my fair share of
1: putting on a mocap suit <laughs> but not our choice more out of um just not having anybody else to do it so much so i mean i think i actually played the incredible hulk in a fight sequence in wow. the background of one of the avengers movies um but yeah i um i've never been scanned and one of the reasons for that is um because i've got a pretty awful beard and <laughs> yeah. one of the sort of prerequisites for a lot of our scanning is uh, to actually be clean shaven so it looks at the pores of your skin to triangulate uh, where where the mesh should be and uh, a, a fuzzy beard isn't always great so but um, also I'm not too sure about digital copy anyone wants a digital copy of me on their computer to be honest <laughs> with you but that's
0: that's me uh, at the end of almost every episode of Yellowbrick Road, I always ask my guests what they're working on at the moment. Even if I know that they normally only can answer a super secret project, I can't talk about it. But but if I would ask you what projects you work with right now, what would you answer? Um I'm working on some amazing
1: projects right now. That's <laughs> all I would answer. No surprise. Um,
0: no, it's um there's a
1: quite a range actually with the capture department because we are always uh we're always looking at a few things at once. Um, so there's a number of shoots lined up immediately, which uh, are all really exciting projects. One of the things that I'm working on at the moment is how the motion capture and the scanning departments blend with the rest of the Goodbye Kansas facility and, mm. and how we can offer a more robust service to everything that the creative teams and, and the other guys and all the other uh,
0: departments uh, need us. To work seamlessly together in a way. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, for us to pro- provide a more comprehensive final product, uh, yeah. you know, so that, you know, we can help lay out, understand the cameras so that we can figure out what animation needs to improve their quality of life and, uh, and the body anim team to make sure that we're doing everything that they need and, and to help realize uh, the projects as a group all together.
0: Yeah. Is this maybe part of the beauty of our business that 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 is a constant progress, a constant, like, evolvement and you you getting better all the time?
1: Yeah, totally. And I think especially as we evolve with technology you, and the use of technology in the industry, um, it's absolutely mandatory, you know, the advent of uh, runtime or real-time, you know, technology and, and how that is applied to general practices, you know, will only improve workflows uh, make us more efficient um, you know enable us to bid the work out in different ways not necessarily that it's right for every single project there's a visual fidelity that's not been quite hit yet for Mm. sure but um, you know we are constantly adapting and changing and it's a communication link that enables us to do that together um, and in the right way so that's what i'm
0: hoping to continue to do Mm, so the future is bright. Many thanks for coming to Yellowbrick Road and chat with me about these things. And uh, welcome back on another episode. Thanks very much. And you out there, thanks for listening. And feel free to reach out and mail us if you have questions or suggestions or things you would like us to talk about. You reach us at podcast at goodbyecansas.com. Until next time, goodbye, a bientôt, auf Wiederhören, wie We'll